going. Four two three, get fame. That's four two three, get fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Grave Consequences Podcast, a podcast centered around the greatest wrestling show ahead of its time, Lucha Underground. This is, we're reviewing, obviously, Season 2, Episode 11. The title of the episode is Bird of War. The name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. Follow my co-host Greg at XMaserati. Follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. We drop every Thursday, obviously, on our solo feed. But also, we are a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. That has a conglomerate feed that has all of the Social Suplex podcasts on it. You can follow that on um, Apple Podcasts if you would like. Also, check me out every Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. That is a podcast centered around movie reviews, specifically hero movie reviews. As of recording on September 6th, we have recorded into 2006, and uh, it's a bit of a rough patch, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going, we're going. And, uh, Greg, I've talked for long enough. How are you on Labor Day, sir? pretty good enjoying my day off uh just relaxing just got done watching uh one of our lucha underground episodes and yesterday we we all watched uh aew yes we did this will be a few days dated by the time this comes out but yeah we watched aew i even spoiler i even i even paid (laughs) partially to see this i didn't borrow anyone in particular's login I, i i paid for half of this pay-per-view and uh it was a pretty good time man pretty good time to see some uh familiar faces on that show oh i thought you were there live no oh okay that makes more sense because i knew floyd was there right yeah yeah i've never been to chicago man is floyd like the uh the the straw hat man from ecw uh he may be he may be he's like that version for aew Yes, large African American and Oklahoman. Well, it's, you know, you got times change. And he has a weird obsession with Cody Rhodes as well. Well, it's not weird. It's just an obsession. <laughs> All obsessions are inherently weird. You're right. I was being redundant. True. Um, <laughs> but man, we are here. Uh, episode 11. We are like. At the early, early stages of the dominance of Matanza Cueto, and um, I didn't look forward to uh, getting to this part. I I look forward to when this part is over. I'm not going to tell you first-time watchers when that is, but uh, I I look forward to this story arc ending. (laughs) I will say that. Yeah, you've been more vocal about it. You were like kind of like how I was vocal about... uh, Alberto and Blue Demon and and all those other feuds in the first season that uh, I I came out to be wrong about 
my memory was <laughs> was off. So I, I haven't been as vocal about how much I don't care for Matanza in this. Uh, even though he's nothing wrong with like uh, Jeff Cobb does a great job. It's a great character. He does it well. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's it's like having an extra Kenny Omega. You know, you don't yeah. need two. You already yeah. have Mill. You're exactly right. It's like getting a um, another version of Kenny Omega, but an even stronger version of Kenny Omega that's like completely OP. Or uh, two Bray Wyatt's. Or that two might... Wayne Reigns or whatever, you know. It's 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 a uh, on paper it probably seemed like a great idea, and you know we're going to be reviewing a few episodes back to back. I'm actually still not too disappointed with with Matanza, uh, mm. but we're not done yet. No, we're just getting we are, started. Uh, yeah, we are far from done. And the the first thing I wrote down here is Vampiro is in Drago's home, which I assume would mean the bathroom, and, <laughs> the toilets. Yes, and Dario showed up, and I wrote down that Dario basically put the proverbial horse's head in Vampiro's bed. Do you remember a lot about this segment, Greg? I wrote down things that came to I came to a conclusion about, especially with, well, it, it, as far as what's literally happening, Dario is he's punking uh, Vampiro. He's like, say he's basically making sure, like, hey, don't try anything, or my brother will hurt you more than he hurt Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just doing it in a situation where, uh, a little more subtle, but it, you know it's a threat. Uh, yeah. There's actually a better exchange of threats uh, later on, I, maybe in this episode, too, that I liked. Uh, but the real kicker is that they come clean that uh, Vampiro is, doesn't have multiple personalities. He's he's not, like, surprised or confused about, you know, Vampiro, I- Ian Hodgson versus Vampiro. He's the same person. He's, he's not having you know, flash a blackout and being a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, he's just lying to everybody. Yeah. No, and they kind of hinted at that the first episode, but it was, it wasn't until this exchange that I realized that, okay, so he's just a liar. <laughs> wait, wait, you're telling me Vampiro lied about something. I know it's, it's, is it a work or is it a shoot? Or it's, it's real. He's a liar. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently so. So, the very next segment here. Oh, oh, Joey Ryan and um, the crew are in the trios tournament, man. It's, it's, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, what's even funnier this, uh, was at the police chief's office and Joey Ryan basically took the credit for Dario Cueto coming back. And that's what this is. This is the case of Dario Cueto that they're trying to, uh, you know, build up a Rico case on him, you know, put him behind bars, do all that good stuff. And, um, what the funniest thing is, you know, Joey Ryan talks about how they're in the trios tournament and the chief just doesn't care at all. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. You're in the fighting tournament. Just get me Dario Cueto. She's her agenda. And what we find out what she's all about later Mm-hmm. Kind of makes this not make sense. Um, yeah. Even I know me. I'm not sure if me and you talked about it on air because we were arguing. It, it was off the air. Okay, we 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 talked to, and because it was spoilers, that's right. Uh, we yeah. talked about this girl 
and what she's trying to do. And regardless of if whichever of whichever one of us was right, it still doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are probably my least favorite segments. These are. She's a bad actor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I watched uh, episode 13 and uh, we're introduced to a new character in one of these segments. And the actor who played him was like a relatively like real actor. Like <laughs> it's not his first job. And we'll talk about that two episodes from now when we record that. And uh, people will get to hear this, hear us reveal that two weeks after they listen to that. So that's beautiful for them. Um, let's see here. Oh, we, we're we're in the arena now, and what's even better is we're being played in by El Conjunto Nuevo Hola, playing us in. So that's awesome. I hope my, my completely bad. Great. Well, you're you are breaking up a little bit. Oof. Okay. Well, uh, I. I tried to enunciate the name of the band that played us into the temple for what we got that part we didn't get the part afterwards after that okay good do you know what it said what it's because i know hola is hello yeah oh i don't know the translation off the top of my head unfortunately i don't i don't think we need to look it up it's not important i don't think they come back it's really not you know what's funny is uh sorry to go off the beaten path here um, recently watched Machete, and uh, one of the bands who provided a portion of the soundtrack in Machete was Chingon, who play us into the temple at one point in this season. Which nice. Is, like, it, it makes sense, because, you know, they both have the Robert Rodriguez connection, but it's still a cool crossover, you know? Wasn't Danny Trejo in the first, like, in the audience in the first season? He was, yeah. Yeah, now yeah. that you mention it. I think El Rey had something to do with stuff he was doing, if they didn't. Yes. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Because I know Rodriguez got, like, an executive producer credit on Lucha Underground. Um, I think he may have been, like, a contributor to, like, like, a contributor to the network as well. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, Hey, tonight we got a big main event. Matanza Cueto is defending the Lucha Underground Championship again, this time against newly minted uh, AEW Tag Team Champion Ray Phoenix. So that's awesome. Is it, though? I mean, look, any chance we get to see Ray Phoenix, no matter the context, is good. Yeah, these are kind of like John Cena matches if John Cena was a heel. Yeah. Back when he was like on top, how you know it was hard for some people to get excited for his matches because you knew what you were in, in store for. I think until Kevin Owens showed up, I think Kevin Owens was the first person to kind of really mix it up. But for the most part, John Cena always wins. Gets boring. You still there, buddy? Yeah, I'm still here. Sorry, I was. Uh getting inundated with a text message i'm sorry my mind is elsewhere um first match of the night and i i'm i am so sorry greg that was very disrespectful on my end you can you can flog me after we record the podcast if you would like i will okay good our first match of the night and i know you were looking forward to this evil lease versus cobra moon oh yes yeah well, dude i i'm sorry go ahead 
Cobra Moon was so bad here. Really? You thought so? Dude, yeah, like, I forgot just how bad Cobra Moon was in this show, which is weird, because Thunder Rosa is legitimately, like, maybe the best woman's wrestler in AEW right now. Well, uh, why did you think she was bad in the match? Ah, she's just kind of clunky, dude. Yeah, she's kind of stuck with, she has to slither. She has to yeah. move like a snake, and I think that maybe was holding her back for you. Yeah. Because uh, I like the match, and I did have some points, because I did like her slithering and how she everything she did was very snake-like, and it does hold her back because there's certain moves she has to keep doing over and over again because yeah. she's a snake. Yeah. Uh, Get it? She's a snake. And there's a, a good, I think it, uh, well, we'll talk about the finish, but one of the things I've, I, I paid attention to because we remember uh, maybe it was early this year or maybe it was late last year, the match between Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa on AEW. Do you remember that controversy? Oh, yeah, where they started, like, shooting on each other. So, I, I, it, I don't remember the shooting on each other, but I do remember Ivelisse was just kind of, like, no-selling. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember, yeah, she, like, let her put her right in a uh, didn't even like put her arm up for a uh, full Nelson, I believe. It, a couple of things. It was a very odd and obvious match, and I she had an interview recently where she was talking about, well, there was a misunderstanding. I really just think that there needs to be a, a locker room leader in the women's locker room, and that's currently missing right now. Yeah. And she went on to talk about how there needs to be someone in charge. And watching this match, they seemed to gel fine. In this match okay. uh like like there they weren't there they didn't there wasn't any stiff shots uh even if you didn't like the match or if you thought cobra moon was was bad they still didn't have any botches really they didn't really they didn't seem like they were offbeat like you know how some wrestlers when they get in a match it's just like they're not connecting they're they're on yeah. that different wavelength it, it's like oil and water yeah this didn't happen it seemed like it was even if you i'm not gonna say it's a great match but it wasn't a bad match it was fine it was perfectly fine so it led me to think that the feud that they had in AEW, the real life fight, was Ivelisse thinking that she should be in charge of mm. the locker room in AEW. Maybe. Not respecting Thunder Rosa's role in the company. Which, I mean, obviously a bad decision on her end because she doesn't work there anymore. Um, but, you know, you can't accuse Ivelisse of not having guts, I guess not having guts but i think it's kind of like a low-key kind of situation oh yes yeah that's what i'm kind of getting and, and this is me i don't know the girl i wasn't there uh i don't know either person as a person but just re based on that interview and the stuff that she was like talking about she's like oh it's a mistake you know there needs to be a locker room leader it's almost as if she's dismissing other girls as being a locker room leader mm. and yeah. you know i i and that's where I that's where I come out at the end of that is I I think Evelise kind of is her own worst enemy. I mean, if you can't make it, AEW is going to be the 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 company where you're going to have the most freedom. Yeah, an opportunity. Yeah, no, you were absolutely right. To an extent, I think they could. I mean, I think they could do better with their women's division, but you know, that's this is not an AEW based podcast. So I will. Uh, Leave it at that. Um, Ivelisse got the win with the code red, though. I love the code red, dude. Yeah, it's, it's one really of my good. favorite moves. Yeah, yeah. 
It's very good. Hey, after this, we got a vignette for Killshot. And this was a bit of a, you know, it, it told us more about the character. And it told us that for over a year, this man was a prisoner of war. We didn't know that last week. I mean, this is the start of the Killshot rebranding. Because he had a lot of losses. Even though he looked strong in all of his matches, all of his yeah. matches, he took a lot of L's. So this is a, a, a rebranding that kind of fixed the character now. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, man. Um, and I am so hyped, because we know where this is going. I'm very hyped to see, you know, remembering how they get there. Yep. Yeah. That's my favorite match, I think, in all of Lucha Underground, too. <laughs> you're not alone, man. Um, after this, we see Famous B meeting up with Masquerita Sagrada, who I believe was in the gym at the time. Just doing curls, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. And what does he give the man but a business card with his phone number? And what is that phone number? I don't have it written down. Oh, man, it's easy. It's 423-GET-FAME. How could I forget? That's 423-GET-FAME. This is why I'm not famous. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. After this, we have our trios tournament match. We have the Mac, Marty the Moth Martinez, and the Mariposa against the crew of Mr. Cisco and Cortez Castro and Joey Ryan. And hey, as pointed out by Matt Stryker, do you remember who was in the front row? Oh, no. It's been a while since I've seen the episode. Fair enough. Bunches of Funches, man. Who? Ron Funches. Is I that, definitely know who that is. Bro, Ron Funches is like an icon of like famous wrestling fans. And he's a comedian and an actor. And he's got a very unique voice. I will say that. I definitely remember him. You don't. I can tell. No, I I'm remember. De definitely. No, you don't. Um, did you notice Cisco kind of carrying himself like a cruiserweight throughout this match, man? Dude, there was a huge... I actually wrote it down. The crowd was in the Cisco. He just said, fuck it. I'm going to be a Technico today. Yeah. And he was. I was behind him. He was kicking ass. Like he was doing, he was doing uh, like anything a good guy would do. Like he was showing respect to the other guy. He was like, you know, trying to pump the crowd up. All kinds of things. Like he, he, he just said, no, I'm going to be a good guy now. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this. It really made... Okay, it either made Mariposa look evil or stupid. Evil in that she had no interest in even winning this trios match and wanted to torture Sexy Star by just being a bad teammate to Willie Mac. Or stupid in that she just chose to be a bad teammate to Willie Mac for no real reason. Um, but there was a point when the Mac was going to dive onto the crew and Mariposa just stops him. Just gets in his way and stops him. Yeah, her and uh, Marty are crazy people. Like yeah. the uh, like you remember the vignette where we see her beat up those those bodyguards in lucha masks. Yes. Who, who were those bodyguards for? Uh, how do we know they're actually rich? Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to their story that you know. Are they a, are they a trustworthy narrator? Right. Yeah. 
Like there's all there's a lot going on, but the the main thing is that they're fucking nuts. Both yes. of them. Yeah, and that's undisputed for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the Mac gets pinned by Joey Ryan. So the crew and Joey Ryan move on in the trios tournament. And after that, Mari Posa and Marty attack both the Mac and Sexy Star. And Sexy's she's really scared, but eventually she charges Mariposa, man. She gets over that fear. She chops the ever-living soul out of Mariposa's chest. Like her chops were just like Oh, they're kind of stiff. Yeah. Do you like yeah. the shatter machine that Cisco and uh Cortez did? I love the Shatter Machine so much. Anytime anyone hits the Shatter Machine and they hit it well, I'm going to love it. <laughs> what are they calling it in AEW now? Mm, they call it something different. I think they call it Goodnight Express. And I think You're right. Had, I think we've had this discussion before. I have dementia, so we're going to have this conversation every week. Bro, it's cool. Uh, I think I've still got that COVID fog, either that or adult ADD. Either way. True. Um. After this, we had a vignette for Ray Mysterio and El Dragon Azteca Jr. And Ray's talking to Azteca, and he says, "We we don't." Oh, he says, "Oh, we need to fight for revenge, not honor," which is weird advice to give the guy. You know, is that what he said? Yeah, that's what I wrote down. It's been a week since I saw this, though. We need to fight revenge, not honor, huh? Yeah. You sure you don't have that backwards? I could have it backwards. I really hope I do, man. I think you have it backwards. I hope so. But hey, the news here is that Ray Mysterio got them into the trios tournament and they need a partner. Who is that partner? But Prince Puma. And you know what's funny about this is, you know, they they do a fist bump. Each of the three of them do. And with each fist bump, there is a sound effect. Uh, dude, I love that. <laughs> it's a different cat each time. Yeah, that's really cool. Really freaking cool. After that, we ha we had our main event of Matanza versus Phoenix for the Lucha Underground Championship. And I told you I was excited at the beginning, and then I remembered, oh, this was a nothing match. Yep. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's a good Phoenix. Well, Phoenix is always good. It's it's not a great. It's not a match I would introduce someone to Phoenix with. I. No. Any means. Uh, yeah. This is just to establish dominance for Matanza. Mm -hmm. And not only establish dominance for Matanza, but set up the next opponent for Matanza and even kind of put a wrinkle into an old feud in the company. Um, but yeah, Matanza dominated. Dario at one point yelled, Make him bleed. And after the match, Matanza was just brutalizing Phoenix. And who stopped the brutalization you asking me sir yes sir uh that guy from the 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 fans that you were talking about poncho guy uh, poncho ron funches ron funches yeah, yes yes no uh actually uh former lucha underground champion and lifetime rival of phoenix Mil Muertes. I was close. At the beckoning of Katrina, for what it's worth. You know, in the match, at one point, when uh, Matanza was not looking for a hope spot because he's a heel, but when he was trying to get back, uh, Cueto was 
Quarto. Quarto was saying, remember mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I'm drinking something. Um, yeah, remember mother, because if you remember the lore, and it's been mentioned multiple times, Matanza killed their mom. Yep. With Dario's Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Do you think they had a deal of Red Bull? Uh, no, because if they did, they would have plastered it all over the show. Hmm, that's true. Seems that like would've... a wasted opportunity, though. They should have. If they had to deal with Red Bull, we'd probably be getting like season eight of Lucha Underground right now. As much as I would like that, the the last feud that Pentagon was going into, I'm not interested in. Mm, I yeah. was. The last you know feud who... he had. Yeah, you know the guy that showed up at the end of the season. Yes, I remember, and uh, I had to ask my buddy, who's like a big Lucha fan, I'm like, who is this guy? And he's like, oh, it's so-and-so. And I'm like, cool, I've never heard of this guy. Um, but, but enough about future Lucha Underground. Um, let's see here. Oh, Mil Mortes sneaks in the back and cleared Matanza out of the ring, and Mil Mortes doesn't help Phoenix up, but he does leave the ring for him, which is a universal sign of respect. Anytime a killer decides not to kill you, it it has to be something. Yeah, either respect or indifference. But uh, if I'm Phoenix, those are two sides of the same coin right now. Yeah, I don't want to die. Like, I mean, if a killer, you're in a weakened spot, like a killer can kill you easily. They decide to leave you by there. There's something else. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're exactly right, sir. (laughs) And with that, that is season two, episode 11, 11. Damn, dude. Of lucha underground and we're gonna grade the show before we get out of here and greg let me ask you what letter grade would you give this episode well at the time i watched it i gave it a b plus mm-hmm. i don't know how i still feel that way yeah um i'm just gonna give it a regular b okay uh, i'm gonna give it a c plus and that's gracious on my end you know what let me change my answer to a c as well <laughs> Because looking back at it, like I wouldn't really, wouldn't really go back and watch it. Yeah, I mean, this is a good world builder, but yeah, I wouldn't go back and watch this either. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, the grade might be higher. Yeah, right. But uh, I'm gonna go with a C just because I think I've given too many other shows. I think a B is too high for it. Not a yeah. bad show, but not a great show either. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And folks, that is the show. And remember, give us those listens, because if you don't, you may suffer grave consequences.